0: Persuasive writing can help you be a better communicator in the workplace to get your message across, to get people on board, and just be more influential. But how do you write with more precision when you don't consider yourself to be a novelist or a marketing copywriter? Well, my next guest, Carla Bass, is going to tell us how.
1: This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, helping you see business issues hiding in plain view that matter to your bottom line.
0: Welcome to Business Confidential Now. I'm your host, Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, and as a writer myself, I am thrilled to welcome Carla Bass to the show. Carla is a retired U.S. Air Force colonel and author of Right to Influence, And that's with an exclamation point. She means it. It's now in its second edition. And I have to tell you, that book has more awards than there is room for on the front cover. Carla says writing powerfully has been central to her success. She's composed documents for Congress, the White House, generals, ambassadors, hundreds of performance reviews, award nominations, and budget justifications. So I'm looking forward to learning more about persuasive writing. Let's have her join us now. Welcome to Business Confidential Now. Carla. Thank you, Hannah. I'm delighted to join you and thank you for the opportunity. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here because, you know, I think sometimes we take writing for granted that, you know, it's something everybody does in one way, shape, for a form, even if they're just sending a text. And so we tend to be casual about it and really not take full advantage of it. Tell me, how has writing helped you in your career? Persuasive writing, that is. Well,
1: I learned from my earliest days as a lieutenant how to make each word count and every second of the audience's time play to my advantage. Uh, it began when I was a first lieutenant and I was writing the daily briefings for the director of the National Security Agency. I learned then and then throughout the rest of my career that every second is valuable, that readers' time and attention are fleeting. And in order to maximize that time and attention, you have got to write with
0: focused precision. Well, I think with today's social media, people's attention spans have gotten even shorter. It's less than a click. So (laughs) let's talk about some ways that persuasive writing becomes tangible, say, for a business owner. How can it help them?
1: Sure. First of all, um, you have to write persuasively if you're trying to market your, your product or your service. And you have to um, examine that from the intended audience's perspective, look at it from their point of view, and then write to their needs and their desires. Uh, if you're trying to win contracts or win grants, you're very often limited in the, in the amount of space that you have to make your case. If you're trying to defend your your resources against budget cuts, I call that defending the castle. Make a case on why it is that you should not be cut. What benefit do you bring to the uh, the overall enterprise? If, on the other hand, you're trying to get funds to start a new project or launch a new program, you have to be able to justify that also because resources are scarce. If you want to compete your business in awards, whether it's county, state, or even national-level awards, how do you make your case that you stand above the best because we all know that if you're able to, uh, to get those brass rings, that emphasizes your credibility and that also enhances your market value. Publicizing good news is a logical follow on to that it's something people often don't think to do when you when you um, secure that major contract or you do something ahead of schedule or under budget or you win that award. take those golden nuggets and include those in future marketing material if it's appropriate in Press releases, good news like that is just pure gold if you think about leveraging it. Those are just a few ways that business owners or entrepreneurs can leverage powerful writing or persuasive writing to their benefit.
0: Well, that sounds great, but some of us stare at a blank piece of paper or a blank screen and just kind of freeze or get writer's block. Is there a method for how we can write? Because I mean, I, I understand that you actually Taught a 480 person squadron how to be better writers. I mean, what did you teach them? I developed, I think in images. So imagine an
1: inverted triangle. At the top of the inverted triangle, are our strategies. And this is how I have my book organized. You have to first strategize your message and, and I'll share those in just a minute. Strategize the message. When you come down to the bottom point of the triangle, you now have your first draft. Then you go through sentence by sentence and apply what I call word sculpting tools. You get rid of all the wasted words, the useless words, redundancies. And when you're done with that inverted triangle, you have got one heck of a powerful product. And the beauty of this is these strategies and the word sculpting tools are so easy to learn and they are so fun. They're like scavenger hunts because you're looking for these bugaboos. Uh, it's like painting because the more detail you add, which is one of my strategies, it brings your story into absolute focus.
0: All right. Now, how about some of these strategies? You're teasing me here, Carla. You know, you got to you know, Where's the beef?
1: Okay. Here comes the beef. The first strategy I referred to it, uh, basically is know the audience. Write from the audience's perspective, what they need, what they want. Make sure you use the right language for them. If they're technicians, speak in technical terms. If they're not, don't use technical jargon because you'll lose them. Frame your message. That's another really great way to uh, to strategize your message. For for example, if you're trying to justify a new program or a new let's call it an IT system, answer these questions. What new capabilities does this program offer? How is this program better than existing programs? What are the alternatives to it, and how do they compare? What happens if we don't fund this program? What are the the ramifications? If, for example, you're trying to secure a grant, the questions that would frame that would be, what problem are you trying to resolve? How does your proposal benefit the grant maker? You always have to keep the audience in mind. What are your goals and objectives? And, and who will benefit from your program? And how can you sustain it? So if you look at your message and determine what questions ought it answer, ought it to answer, then write to those answers. And that's a great start on, uh, on framing your message. Another one is outline. Every author is taking the reader on a journey you know the starting point, and you know the conclusion that you want the audience to reach. So the outline for the author is just like an architectural drawing for an engineer. It guides your thoughts, it ensures you hit the key points, and it also makes sure that, uh, that no extraneous tangential uh, information creeps in there that could dilute your intended message. So outlining is critical. And one more that I can share is, don't bury the gold nugget, remembering that that the reader's time is precious and the attention is fleeting. Get the most important fact up there first, and then follow it up with background and ancillary information. Those are some strategies.
0: I couldn't agree more, especially that last one about don't bury the gold. There's an interesting reason for how that got developed going back to the gold rush days, not to so much to tie in with your gold idea, but when the Telegraph was really the way that we could communicate between the East and West Coast and reporters were out on the West, they didn't know when the Telegraph was gonna cut out. So they had to get the most important piece of their story to the editors. And that's why they didn't bury the lead and it had to be up front so that anything else, if it got lost, well, it wasn't the end of the world, but the most important piece came out. So, and that's why reporters say, don't bury the lead. It's gotta be up front. Exactly. Well, those are some great strategies but you know you got me with a hook back there about this word sculpting all right so now this sounds like a real heavy duty editing process which some oh, no. people are probably saying oh, I don't have time for this but Carla tell me how how does it work the sculpting that you're talking about and why is it so important for persuasive writing Word sculpting first, it's fun. It truly
1: is fun. And once you get the hang of it, I mean, you rise to the challenge. Okay, so imagine you're a sculptor, you're in Paris, you're a master sculptor. So you've got this eight foot chunk of marble. Because you are a master sculptor, you know the image that lies dormant therein. So the word sculpting, instead of having a chunk of marble, you have your first draft. And you go sentence by sentence, and you apply my 10 word sculpting tools. And as you chop, 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 there goes the rubble, there goes the excess words, and what you're left with is one hard-hitting draft, and you've gotten rid of all that excess text. You've just bought yourself more space to continue making that persuasive case. Now... Uh, Let me share a couple of these word-sculpting tools. One, and I love explaining this, it's called verbs are your friends. Rely on them. Now, to understand this, imagine a hard-boiled egg, six foot tall, and focus on the yolk. The yolk is the verb. The white is the bureaucratic blather that we suffocate verbs in nowadays. And here are some examples. Provide protection is protect. Work collaboratively is collaborate. Place an emphasis on is emphasize. Serve as a liaison is liaise. Pose threats is threaten. So you see, sentence by sentence, look at the verb and get rid of all that extra stuff and cut straight to the chase, to the yoke, and mention specifically what the verb is and don't use all those other wasted words.
0: Very cool. What else you got?
1: Okay. This other one is called don't use words that hog space. Now, there are three categories of that. I only have time to share one. And the idea here is is write with precision. So instead of using several words, see if you can condense them into one. So, for example, on a daily basis, you hear that all the time, on a daily basis is daily. On a monthly basis, monthly. In the near future is soon. We're in the process of evaluating. We are evaluating in an expeditious manner is expeditiously. Equal and capability with is on par with. So look through those sentences and find how you express your thoughts more concisely. That draws the reader into the message more rapidly and it retains their attention.
0: So Carla, I got to ask the dumb question here. How did you come up with these principles for more persuasive writing, these, these strategies and, and these tips? I mean, maybe some of this comes natural to you, and I'm sure it does, but to be able to extract it and put it down into some rules, and as you've just explained, how did all that happen?
1: I had to take care of my people. So here here's a quick backstory. When I was in Hawaii, I was a squadron commander of that four hundred and eighty person unit. When I arrived, it was the most losing unit in the state for these important professional awards. And it was it was hurting deserving careers. My people were suffering because their bosses couldn't write the winning packages. They were performing. They were giving Rumpel stilt skin the straw but but they couldn't spin it into gold. So I took three days personal time and I sequestered myself in a cabin and I just analyzed, said, Carla, you know, you you already have demonstrated that that you've done this. You've written these award, these winning awards. How do you do it and how can you teach other people? So it was three three days of introspection. I just analyzed what I did and created the word sculpting tools. I turned that into a one-hour class. I taught my guys. We almost overnight became the unit to beat. And what just shocked the heck out of me is for the next 15 years, wherever my assignments took me, word sculpting came along. So I ended up teaching this to thousands of people for the next 15 years. And then uh, when I retired, I transformed all of this into a methodology that applies to everything from kids in high school going for jobs to justifying projects to Congress. And that's the beauty of all this. Learn it once and it applies to everything. It's a life skill and it's so easy to learn.
0: Well, it's easy for you, but I have some, <laughs> I'm sure there are a couple people listening that say, hey, <laughs> you know, if it was so easy, I'd be doing it already. If someone wanted to find out more about your program, do you have an online program or a a webinar or something where where you're teaching these people or people can sign up to learn?
1: Yes, just www.write2influence.net. N-E-T. That's everything I offer is there. I can be hired for webinars, for workshops. These things go anywhere from one hour. I have clients that I developed two full days of workshops based on their material. Um, I work closely with public libraries, uh, reaching the the community that way also. On my website, I compose three free eBooks. One is called "Right to Win: A Standout Resume." Right to Win: A Grant Submission. And oh, crumb, I just forgot the third one, but i I did this to help people, especially in these last two difficult, difficult years. So go to my website and it, it's front and center those those three free ebooks. It takes the right to influence strategies and word sculpting tools, and laser focuses them on those three particular products. Oh input to performance reviews
0: input to performance reviews well, those sound like three important topics, and it sounds like this process. It could even help our listeners, high school students that are trying to write college essays. So the book is Right to Influence with an exclamation point. What prompted you to put that between two covers, Carla?
1: It was in my soul. I had to. I received so many testimonials over the years. It said, Colonel Bass, if it hadn't been for, I wouldn't be able to. I had one one individual uh, emailed me, unsolicited, Colonel Bass, I was an airman in your squadron. Because you taught me how to write, I was accepted into officer training school. I just retired after 20 years as a lieutenant colonel. I'm now the, the vice president of a defense corporation because you taught me how to write. That is not the exception. That happens so often. I had, I had to share this thing. It's almost like a calling. What I have works. What I have changes lives, and I, I have to share it.
0: Well, I can hear that passion and that cause in your voice. It is, is definitely there. What's next, Carla? I mean, you you've put it all here out in the book. What are you going to do next?
1: I'm in the final stages of developing. Um, it's a three-and-a-half-hour self-paced online course. Called "Catapult Your Career: Right to Influence." Um, it's in seven modules. It, it will be accompanied by a, a thirty-page reference um, document that has one hundred and twenty challenges with the answers that reinforce the the various um, teaching points in the course.
0: Carla, what what are some common mistakes? I mean, I hear all the good things about the strategies and the word sculpting, but People trip up. It's just human nature that we're, we're not going to be as good as you, certainly not the first couple times out. And what are some things that we need to look out for as writers? What are some common mistakes that get made?
1: The first thing is people will often take the first draft and use that as the final product. The final word sculpting tool, which people often skip to their detriment, is revise, edit, and proofread. So do not take that first draft and count that as, as final. That's just, it's just clay. Now you need to mold the clay. People often write as they speak. That's something that they should edit out instead of speaking in terms of the group reached consensus about the group agreed to. We have to get you up to speed on. It should be we need to inform you about so, don't write as you speak is a is a, another mistake. Inconsistency in lists if you start a list with a verb, make all of the bullets start with a verb and keep it in the same tense. People very often mix the tenses of verbs or they'll start a list, one item with a noun, then follows a the verb, then follows a the noun and if you read that out loud, you will hear the rhythm. And jerky rhythm slows down the reader. It encumbers your message. So those are some things to watch out for as you're revising, editing, and then proofreading.
0: Well, that's interesting. you got to keep the beat. Keep them moving forward. So... Carla, I appreciate your tips on persuasive writing so that we can be more powerful communicators because it does make us more effective in our jobs, in our businesses, and in our careers. And if you're listening and looking to sharpen your writing skills, Carla's contact information is going to be in the show notes, businessconfidentialradio.com, along with a link to her book, Right to Influence and a link to her website so that you can see these tools that she has and uh, new products that she's creating because it sounds like you can do a whole lot online. And if you know someone who wants to be more influential in work, tell them about Carla Bass and this podcast episode. Share the link, leave a positive review so others can find out about our amazing tips for writing with precision to be more powerful communicators. You can leave a review on your podcast app or come on over to lovethepodcast.com, Business Confidential. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Thank you for listening. Have a great day and an even better tomorrow.